Ladies and gentlemen, I would uh, just like to give a little bit of a heads up here to the listeners. Gus is not well. I'm on one. He, well, he's he's physically well. I'm physically well. I feel good. Like, physically, I feel good. I, I feel, you know, no broken bones. I have a pretty decent bruise on my tricep from skiing last weekend. But, like, okay, it's, it's not, so like, then, impeding my so physical well-being. Let me tell you this, and then you tell me kind of how it makes you react. Okay. Uh, okay. If I were to tell you that... I know exactly what this... Don't this look is up. <laughs> that don't look up uh, has, in the year of our Lord, 2021, <laughs> been nominated for a Best Picture Oscar by the Academy. What would you... <laughs> Gus is having an existential crisis. Now I am in physical pain. <laughs> I am phys- now I am physically unwell. Thanks. Did you just did you just vomit? In my brain vomited. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a, you know how you know how you like uh, how your your brain is like super like it's very uh, folded up and like <laughs> wrinkly wrinkly. Yeah. What are they? Like, I don't know what they call. There's a word for that, but yeah. Okay. I, Part of my brain just got a little bit smoother hearing <laughs> that that fact. Listen, we'll get we'll get to the Oscars and how wrong they are getting it and have been for the last few years. But Pretty let's much. talk about let's talk about Don't Look Up as a movie. Yeah. In its own right, it's not that bad. No, it's not a terrible movie. It's it's not nearly one of the ten best of the year. Not even fucking close. <laughs> like not even not even no. Just to hear that, that best picture, the 10 best picture nominees are inclusive of Don't Look Up. Right. It just, uh, it's like a slap in the face to, How? to directors and writers yeah. who like actually made a wholeheartedly great movie. Because like you said, Don't Look Up isn't bad. But I don't think it's, I don't even think it's like universally on top 10 lists. No. Like not even close. Uh-uh. And... Again, it, we'll get to this later. It just kind of speaks to how really bad the academy is at their jobs. Yeah, like really bad. Um, but let's let's focus on let's the movie. Focus on on the actual. Don't look up the merits of the movie. It was kind of it was kind of everything I would expect from a uh, Leonardo DiCaprio climate change satire. Mm-hmm. It was. It was what I expected from that. The it's kind of disingenuous in its storytelling, just because it has like a very clear motive mm-hmm. um, and a and a very clear bias that it's not really shying away from. Right. And honestly, that's fine. I think if yeah. you're expecting that, that's fine. Yeah. It didn't bother me in the slightest. I went in fully fully expecting the bias, and it was. Yeah, right. I therefore enjoyed it more. This, yes, I think I enjoyed it more because I was expecting it. If you're expecting like a well balanced satire, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna no. But it's not coming. This movie is pretty funny. It was actually very funny. Like I found myself la- like laughing consist pretty consistently. Yeah, throughout the entire movie. And I think first of all, it helps with a cast like this. Mm-hmm. Like this cast is absolutely loaded. It is a Fat stacked cast, loaded to the brim. Yeah, there are a ton of shooters in this in this cast, and the kind of the main ones. All I feel like they have a very good chemistry on screen. 
Um, yeah. Leo and Jennifer Lawrence work very well together. Um, Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill. <clears throat> Jonah Hill, dude, I think Jonah Hill just plays different versions of Jonah Hill. Right. We like, talked about he, this. Like, like, at, at this point in his life, he is just living out his character. Like he's, he, yeah. he is the character of Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. not the person of Jonah Hill. Right. And every movie he's ever in is just a new iteration of Jonah Hill. He played like I, it's just him in I, different movies, and it's. I think his his character name in Superbad is Seth, and he's just played like he's just been Seth. He's just been <laughs> Seth, who has grown up over the past fifteen years, and is just the same exact version of that character and, and, in and every movie. Don't get me wrong, he's good at it. He's great. He's hilarious. The only the only one movie, which I would argue is his best movie, is Moneyball. The only time he has not played a version of that character has been in Moneyball. Yeah. And in that movie, it was great because it felt like a like a change in pace for him. And also a lot of people thought like at the time, like, oh, maybe Jonah Hill is going to kind of... He's going to break out. Break bit. out, branch out into different role, types of roles. And he and then, has... And he kind of has here and there, but... I, I mean, he has, he has kind of been typecast, but mm-hmm. not in... Like, we... It's you, not a bad usually typecast. typecast is like a negative thing, but for him it works because a lot of times he's plugged into those roles where like he is the only person who could really get what they want out of it. Right. Even if it's even if it's short cameos, like in um, uh, Night of the Museum two. Yeah. He's just Jonah Hill as a night guard, but it's yeah. st- like still hilarious. Oh yeah, it's great. And that's why his character in this movie it was just like every other Jonah Hill we've seen, but in the best ways. He does it so effectively. That it's hard to like be upset that he's kind <laughs> yes. of been typecasted into this specific role. Like right. he, he just does it well, so it's kind of like I don't, I don't really. It doesn't upset. Like some actors and actresses get typecasted, and you can tell they're kind of like tired of it almost in sure. those movies where they're like in the fourth movie in a row where they're kind of playing the same type of character as they played in the three movies before. You can kind of see the actor or actress getting a little like weary of that of that role that they're cast in but jonah hill just kind of seems to eat it up every time (laughs) yeah so it's not annoying or uh, like upsetting that he's in that kind of role again yeah so um don't look up is essentially the story of these two scientists or a a scientist and a grad student right a a doctoral student Mm -hmm. who discover a comet an asteroid asteroid i don't know the i think it's an asteroid a big rock I don't know what the difference between... A, I think it's an asteroid, because I think comets... Comets burn up in the atmosphere, right? Yeah. Or no, comets don't enter or, the atmosphere. Yeah, comets don't enter the atmosphere. Because, like, Halley's Comet just flies right, by. Right, right. I think asteroids are what actually... Like, you call... An asteroid is something that would actually, like, potentially impact the Earth. Right, but then what's the one, like... Is it called a comet shower? When there's, like, lots of... Ooh... We're not scientists. We're not scientists. And that makes us part of the problem. Yes. Um, So it's about about these two scientists who discover an asteroid headed towards Earth. Right. If it impacts, it's going to basically end civilization. It's going to end life on Earth. Right. And they say it is a a certainty that it will hit Earth. Like they know based on the math... That it will impact the Earth in a certain in this period of time. Yes, right. And, that is the whole premise. And the the rest of it is basically them trying to convince the world right. that this comet or this asteroid is going to hit the Earth. Like right. everyone is going to die, and it's them like trying to convince them. And honestly, it's 
a funny gag. Like it, it is. It makes for a lot of laughs. Right. Just like the number of people who like don't believe the asteroid is real. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of like allegory to right. to climate change, to like COVID, of, to like one of the issues I had is that I think Adam McKay's intent was to show that there are actually like people, leaders who would a- actually treat a, a situation like this in this exact way. But when I was watching it, the fact that everyone was just like, this isn't fucking real. Like that was, that became a gag because right. I was like, sure, there would be people like that, but they're so fringe that the people who would actually have an impact and like be able to stop something like that would, n- there's no way they would treat it like that. Especially because in the movie, they get NASA involved and people at NASA one of the most respected federal institutions in the world since its creation, when they get involved in the movie and they're like, oh yeah, this is going to happen, immediately and no matter who, the, you could pick a, a, a leader of the U.S. of the past 50 years and there might be one who would be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. But then once NASA gets involved, they would be like, oh, okay, so we got to, let's let's get <laughs> right. the ball rolling. Let's get this right. shit figured out. Yeah. But I mean, that was the one. Is, one of my issues, like, but it, everyone meant, respects NASA. Like, if NASA's saying this, they're not going to be like, "This isn't real." It's meant to be taken to the extreme, right? And they and they did that. They um, did. But it, I mean, which is good. That's how satire and, should be extreme. And, and some right? of it, some of it, like to a degree, was believable. Like bringing in this guy who is supposed to be Bill Gates, essentially. Right or or, or comparable like to Bill Gates. Bill it's Gates like or, it's like a guy who owns like a massive tech company. Or Jeff Bezos or, or yeah, you know one of those guys. Somebody like that. I mean, yeah. they did specifically use cell phones, so that's why I was thinking Bill Gates. Right, right. Um, or, or uh, no, that's Apple. That's uh, am I dumb? Steve Jobs. Am I? <laughs> no, I think Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Steve Jobs. Either way, a rich Jeff dude. Bezos. A rich like. A media, rich billionaire who has whatever. who has changed the the world of technology. Right. right. So they bring in them, but then like the governments and then private companies that are like more interested in the material of the asteroid because it could like make them rich essentially. Right. right. Like that part's kind of believable. Yeah, for sure. Um, of course they they it's all played for laughs, so they they do take it to the extremes and mm-hmm. and make jokes of it, but it's like. I don't know. I thought I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, and and you also do get you you do start to sense the frustration, right? That that Jennifer Lawrence's character and Leo Leo's DiCaprio's character, feel, they character feel, Doctor Mindy and Kate, Kate, um, those two characters, like you do start to sense like their frustration with this, like right. How like how do you people not realize you pick up on the frustration what we're telling you and they quick. do and they both like at different points in the film start to have like straight up mental breakdowns because right, of it right they have like different I like how like each of their mental breakdowns is a little bit different right like Leo's character starts sleeping with a fucking uh, TV news uh, anchor he like um, Leo's character like, what's her name I can't think of her name the actress's name but like he does that and then he like um, Kate Blanchett Kate Blanchett. And then he has just like a legit public on-air breakdown, right. yes. which is great. Basically the same way that Jennifer Lawrence does. It's just their like paths towards their mental breakdowns are, are very different. Are very different. And, and it, that helps like create an individuality in each of their characters. So you can kind of like get behind each of them in different ways because they feel different, but they have the same goal. And that's why I think their chemistry, one of the reasons why their chemistry is so good 
is because while they have similar goals and while they're trying to basically save the world or get people to realize that they're trying to save the world, they're still very different. Right. But their differences are, they're like a good foil for each other. Well, and you could, I mean, just from, from like a character building standpoint, you can kind of put yourself in their shoes. Like if you had something that you were extremely passionate about that also like you could back up undeniably with science and right. you were like trying to prove that to just whoever mm-hmm. and every single person you ever spoke to was like, I don't believe you. Like right. there's, and that's right. why that's how this movie took things to the extreme is like, yeah. there's literally not a single person they speak to right. that believes what they're telling them. Right. Except for the one scientist. Um, the I think it's the guy that works for NASA. Yeah. What's his name? Oh. Uh, Oglethorpe. Yes. That was, yep. that was his, uh, he's played by Rob Morgan. Right. Um, Dr. Oglethorpe <laughs> believes them and he's more of a side character um, right. to the whole story. But like you just, it, it's understandable this frustration that they're feeling right. based off of kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought the, um, the final scene um, at the end where they're all sitting at the dinner table yeah. was actually like surprisingly emotional yes and and like a very powerful scene where Mm -hmm. it's basically like this group of people essentially adopted family right they're all sitting at a table like Mm -hmm. just talking about their favorite memories right or like talking about like do you like apple pie like i forget what the conversation was right right they're taught the difference between like homemade and store-bought oh yeah pie homemade and store-bought pie and you like the the asteroid is on its way and they kind of know that it's inevitable in at, any this mi- point. at any minute it's something yeah and as they're sitting there talking like the table starts shaking and the windows start breaking and like they're just having a conversation yeah like, it's just they're Leo, leo's last line i can't remember exactly what it is but basically he's like this is like this is good yeah like it's good that we're here i'm glad i'm here Right, and then that's it, and that's the even the the scene um, before that when he and uh, Jennifer Lawrence and then um, Timothy uh, Chamomile's character yeah. are driving back to his to Leo's wife's house, so he can like make peace with her before the world ends. Obviously, right when they're like listening to that song and and he's kind of talking about the lyrics with them because they've never heard it, and he's kind of like breaking down it it reminded me of like the kind of conversations we have about movie like they're just like actually enjoying each other's despite like the despair that's about to happen despite the tragedy that they're about to go through yeah they're just in enjoying each other they're finally they finally realized that they couldn't get to where they wanted to so all that's really left is the people that are most important to them and I think that that was like that honestly it was one of the best parts of the movie is I, I think it, it the movie has a lot to say about and this kind of ties in um, Mark Rylance's character the the tech billionaire because mm-hmm. he tells Leo's character at one point he said you know I've I can I can tell anyone with like ninety nine point two percent accuracy like how they're gonna die did you know that and he said you're gonna die alone yeah he said based on whatever algorithm I came up with you are gonna die alone. And the fact that that is that is juxtaposed to Leo being, you know, with the people he cares about most, in the end, the fact that 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 algorithm was wrong, right? In Leo's case, I think is kind of the the movie takes I think a little bit of a stance on how like advanced technology and modernization of culture is like getting us so far away from each other 
Right. That like we kind well, of also, forget what actually is really important when we like when we take the screens away or when we start when we stop like trying to be so involved with everything at at, at all times. Like when we scale back a little bit, we realize like oh the people that are actually in our sphere are what's really important, like what's really yeah. impactful in our lives. Well, and it, you and know, I like that. I like that. I like that, that, that's not sentimental. No, I just, I like that idea. I like the theme that I like how that theme plays out. Right. It wants to, it wants to kind of tell you that technology is never going to be a replacement for human connection. Right. And just like what it means to be a person. Right. Like screens don't replace that. Right. And I think it also has a lot to say about kind of community and rallying around mm-hmm. tragedy or disaster or right. um and and just the importance of having a community around you, whatever that might be for you. Right. Um and of course there's like there's some people like there's some characters that you're meant to actively dislike that mm-hmm. never really right never really redeem themselves like Pre- Meryl Streep's character the right. president mm-hmm. like and even Jonah Hills who has like kind of a sad end to himself um right. but like their Meryl Streep's character you're never meant to really learn anything about her right um they just kind of make her as annoying as possible yeah. i don't even know if annoying is the right word like right but I think that the whole like the whole film is about what you can kind of accomplish as individuals working together rather than right. a single person staring at a computer screen or right. um, you know, it kinda it kinda exemplifies the the reason why we do what we do day to day, which right. is to build community, to build relationships, to mm-hmm. find kind of your meaning in life. And I think that right. that last that last dinner scene was Dr. Mindy, like finally, he, he, you get the sense that he's like in a happy state. Right. He did what he was meant to do. Right. Even if nobody believed him. Right. And, and same with Kate. Even if nobody believed what they were doing, they, right. they weren't, they did it regardless. And Even they, if what you're found, meant to do like ultimately ends up in failure. Yes. Like they still achieved that what felt like their purpose. Yeah. I think, yeah, you communicated that way better than I like, was, but I, you're right. Yeah. I know exactly. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like there's this, even though the movie ends in tragedy, there's still like this great sense of, of like uh, almost accomplishment, accomplishment between the main character, the two main characters, especially. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie obviously is a, a very, I don't want to say not one-sided, but it clearly takes a stance against one half of the country that we live in. Sure. But what ultimately ends up happening is at the end, in these these very personal moments at the end, and I don't know, it's almost like it accidentally takes the stance of maybe both sides are kind of bullshit, Mm -hmm. and we just need to kind of realize that what's really important is that our you know fulfilling our own individual purpose with the people around us with the community around us who actually care about us is how we ultimately find success right again even if it means failure or even if it means well because in the end this neither side wins in this movie everyone loses every everyone loses right and so find what's important to you because 
you know, you don't have control over things like a giant asteroid about to impact Earth. Because no matter, right. it, I guess it also has something to say about destiny, which we were just talking about earlier. Right. Which is like, they, even when they finally did convince some people to do something about it, it didn't mm. work. Right. And it, it was too little too late. And like, as sad as it is, the message is partially like, sometimes despite your best efforts, mm-hmm. you're going to fail. Right, but that doesn't mean that it was a waste of efforts. Right, that doesn't you know, mean that doesn't mean that it was a that mean your efforts were futile or pointless, right? Right, and it and, doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to do what's right just because. Right, just because it might not work in the end. Right, and I think also the the movie's take on like power structures, like how ego driven are oh, yeah. power structures. I think that's actually that's like a great take. Yeah, on current power structures because that is true. Even even if it's like you know, quote unquote, your side in power, your side being in power is probably just as ego driven and just as, just as unbalanced as oh, the side that, yeah. uh, that preceded them as the other person's side. And like, right. Ego is such a strong, you know, driving force behind power structures right now that the move, the way the movie kind of examines it, I think is pr- pretty accurate yeah. actually. Yeah, I'd say you're right. Um, again, you know, we've talked. We talked about. Um, we talked about the Hunt's satirical structure, taking you know, the extremes, the, the the stereotypes of kind of both sides of the aisle, and pumping both of them up to the extreme, and really coming to the conclusion that, you know, both of these things have a lot of bad ideas behind them, and, you know, it's kind of an examination of that. I think mm-hmm. this movie almost gets there in a in a few ways, but in a lot of ways it still kind of takes to one side over the other. And that's I guess what my like biggest issue with the movie is. It felt a little imbalanced at yeah. points. But I think again, like once you get to the third act and the, the movie kind of concludes, it's like the story unconscious unconsciously realizes or subconsciously realizes like we're we're still coming to the same conclusion as other movies that are maybe maybe more balanced in their satire than this one is. And I don't I don't think that it necessarily needed to be. It wasn't I don't think that that was that ended up being a flaw for it. Mm-mm. Um I will say I don't think that this movie needed to be two and a half hours long. It was a it was and it didn't I don't I don't think it was poorly paced, but I think like some of the some of the th- the scenes were overdrawn mm-hmm. some of the jokes were made multiple times um essentially it did towards the end it started to just become like we're just watching the same scenario right it felt like there in, were, in five minute increments over yeah. and over it, and over it, it, like it felt like there were so many moments where the movie was gonna kind of start wrapping up and it just never and did. getting to the point and then it just kind of kept going also there are a couple stories like the whole story thread with Leo's character hooking up with the with Kate Blanchett's character it didn't really seem to affect it didn't do anything it didn't really do anything for it it like, didn't drive the plot other than to show it, it gave Leo a complete arc because he kind of started to he almost started to fall in love with his own fame right because right. he was becoming so popular as like this hot scientist on tv or whatever right um but he still like always believed in like his original cause right but it like gave him a reason to complete the story arc later on when he goes back to see his wife and right but you're right it didn't 
it really didn't drive the story at all. Right. Like it, they could have still had the same exact ending scene without having like that weird part in the middle where like there's a rift between him and his wife. Like it just didn't yeah. like it didn't well, really add much to his character. They also they probably could have just alluded to him having an affair with this TV lady. Right. Rather than than them like showing them in bed, realizing how different they actually are, because we right. knew that. And I guess like the connect- like you never like the, really see them as like like the, I guess like the purpose of those scenes could be to show how like how like vapid the TV industry is, and like how yeah, really it's there's really it, there's it's just a lot of like a lot of like who you know. Yeah, it's like who you know, or like there's a lot of pretty people just kind of spouting out random nonsense right. without really actually like believing anything they're saying. But you 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 got that from the way the scenes in the actual like TV studio played out. Yeah, like I didn't think Kate Blanchett's character was more vapid in those moments with Leo when they were in a hotel room together. Like it didn't, it just didn't, those, that, those things didn't really add anything to the overall story or really any of the character arcs. Right. And there was a few others, like really, I don't think it was too necessary other than just to add famous people to the movie to have Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi. Like playing versions of themselves, basically. Right. Like extreme versions. Well, I don't know. Ariana Grande might be the exact same version of herself. (laughs) I don't don't know that those were really necessary. And like that song about... The the actual song. The actual song of Don't Look Up. Which sucks, by the way. And I was also just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, there was was just a lot of fluff to this movie. Yeah, there was a little... At different points. And like, some too... Like... Uh, Timothy Charlemagne, he yeah. like his character had some good moments. Yeah, but again, it felt like also they were just adding because they could. They right, were just like oh, here's a famous person, let's throw right. him in there. Like I, I kind of like the dynamic that that created with with um, Jennifer Lawrence's character, but that was one of the ones that the those character arcs, whenever they come together, it felt like they kind of just threw it in a little bit at the end. As opposed to like letting it kind of really develop, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it feels kind of pointless because it felt kind of that would have been that was one of the characters I wish we would have gotten like maybe a little been there more most of, of the time. Like their relationship seemed inter- was like was interesting, but it just wasn't really. Again, right. it was just like a little fluff that could have been better developed. Whereas also, was, some of the other their fluff relationship is just, was a little bit forced because yeah. you're not gonna convince me that. Kate, knowing that the world is going to end, was going to go work at a grocery store, right? And like ring people up. Yeah, sometimes like like would die in sixty days. The overarching (laughs) the overarching timeline seems a little like all of a sudden she's just employed and working a new job, right? In like the a matter of I guess a few days. It would have had to been because this whole time is like a countdown, right? Or just the asteroid. So it seems like they like overstuff the time that they have. Like there's almost too much happens in the time period that they've set up yeah. with the doomsday clock. Because they, that they skip have. over the major they make like big jumps mm-hmm. where it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. Um I I really don't have too much to say, um, too much else. I guess I'll kind of just give final thoughts. Uh-huh. Um I think that this movie was pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. Yes. And it and that wasn't a bad thing. No. Um I think it probably could have trimmed off a little bit. Um, yeah. Just whether that's in characters, whether that's in runtime, mm-hmm. 
there was a little bit of it that was just unnecessary. Right. Um, I think it had a lot of like a lot of good moments, a lot of heartfelt moments yeah. between the characters that mm-hmm. made it still an intriguing story, and it and it made you care about the characters that we were watching. Yeah. Um, I would say as a grade, I'd give it a B minus. Um, it's not best picture worthy. No, certainly not. I'm sitting in the same boat, same boat. Maybe C plus B minus range. Um. I think you're totally right. I think there's my expectations were pretty much met. It might have been actually a little funnier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um which I appreciated. Obviously, I mean, listen, Adam McKay has directed and written some of the funniest movies of all time. Right. Step Brothers, The Anchorman movies, Talladega Nights, The Other Guys, some of the funniest movies ever made. And he's starting, you know, ever since The Big Short, it has been kind of his transition into more like serious topics. Which was also a very good movie, by the, the way. The Big Short, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't... I don't know if it's that he's like taking, him, taking his content so seriously that his the movies he's directing get kind of like bogged down in taking such like a hard line stance about something that it's kind of hard for an audience to like fully buy into what he's trying to tell the story he's trying to tell. And also like, I just kind of want to know, I just kind of want another like all time comedy. Yeah. Because he was the guy for such a long time that did that. And now he seems to like uninterested in that anymore. And it's kind of sad because like Step Brothers is one of the right, funniest. But, like, yeah, but you know, but you also have to understand that people grow and evolve over time. Is that what you're going to? No, tell? Oh. that's not what I was going to oh, say. Okay, we'll continue. What I was going to say is you have to understand that um, this movie was a uh, political satire. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that his previous movies would get him canceled today. So. His entire tone has changed. Yeah, that, a lot of people would be pissed off about Talladega Nights in today's. Yeah, that's in today's market. Right. A lot of people would be pissed off about Step Brother. A huge amount of people would be pissed off about Ron Burgundy as just a character. Yeah, that's true. Like a lot of what he's done, a lot of his all-time great comedies, I don't think he could get away with. I don't know. I, I guess like I, we I may never. Sense, we may never know. We may never know. But yeah. I get the sense he's doing the best with what he. Has, right. I well, guess. He's, I don't know. He's like trying not to like get close to crossing the line anymore. I think might be part of it. Yeah. Which sucks because that's one of the greatest things about comedy is crossing the line or at least not like not necessarily close to it. Like comedy is like the one used I feel like it always has been. It's been like that one form of entertainment where people just kind of universally accept that the people who are delivering the comedy are going to come really close to crossing the line. At every moment, every possible moment that they can. Right. Right. Because the goal of comedy is to get people to laugh. And sometimes things that are a little uncomfortable or a little funny or a little kind of, you know, past the line are very funny. Right. Um, And I I, I understand that. I I think, you know, again, I I appreciated this movie for what it was. Sure. Um, I don't think it's by any means a best picture worthy. No. At all. But here we are. It won't win Best Picture. I can guarantee you it will not win it Best won't. Picture. If it won Best Picture, I would I would I would shave my head. I don't know. If it won Best Picture, I would never watch another movie again. 
Uh, I wouldn't do that, but That's I'd be true. pretty. I'd be pretty fucking bewildered that it that it did. Right. Again, I don't think. And, it will, but um, there's a couple of those. We'll get into true. it eventually. Yeah, we will, of course. Um, anyway, I think those are those are my final thoughts. Um, I appreciate all of you who listen to the show for listening. Um, it's very much appreciated, and we're very thankful that we get to do this. Um, if you are listening on, thank you. On SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or some random app that we've never heard of. Thank um, you. Good for you. Thank you for listening on all the different platforms. It's nice to be able to put our show on one platform and then all of a sudden it's just available everywhere. That's one of the coolest. Shout out SoundCloud. Shout out SoundCloud. Shout out that RSS feed. That, I don't know how it works. I honestly I don't have, even know what RSS stands for. I don't either. Couldn't care All less. I know is that whenever we... We started hosting our podcast on SoundCloud. They gave us a little thing called an RSS feed, and then we just, I just like... And they said, oh, by the way, your podcast is in the universe. Literally. We had to put it on Spotify and Apple, and otherwise... And even that, otherwise, like we, we like copy-pasted. It's yeah, not hard. We literally just copy and For pasted the feed. all of you interested in starting a podcast, yeah. it's not hard. And now Spotify <laughs> and Apple all just automatically load the new shows. Love it. You gotta love it. It's great. It's one of the best it's things. Wonderful. Again... Thank you so much for listening. Um, we are on Facebook at Front Row Seats. We are on Instagram at Front Underscore Row Media. We are on gmail.com at Front Row Media One at gmail.com. Indeed. If you want to send us an email, DM us on Facebook or Instagram. We would love to hear any sort of comments you have on anything we've ever talked about. It's uh, it's getting to be a lot at this point. Our, like, yeah, we're, we're pushing... We'll be close to 70 by yeah, the time we do, soon. like, Batman. Yeah, by the time Batman think, comes out, which is mid, soon. I think we're in the mid-60s right now, so yeah. we've got a few more left. We've we've got a a, a large uh, spectrum of movies and topics that we've discussed. If you have comments, criticisms on any of them, if you hate what we talk about or how we talk about movies, Tell us. any of that, let us know. We want to hear the criticism. Honestly, hearing criticism is more fun to discuss than hearing people go, the show's great. I All like right. what you talked also, about. Also, if you criticize us, we will roast you. Or if you if you <laughs> do like the show, but you have something you want to add that you think we missed, let us know about that too. Actually, no, roast us. Roast us. I want to be roasted roast the way because we, I you think know what? that would be hilarious. I hate the way I sound on a microphone, <laughs> and I bet a lot of other people do. I hate the way I look on a microphone. Roast me on that. Yeah, this microphone keeps taking pictures of my tongue, and it's kind of like, just kind of pissing really? me off. Yeah. Where are they? I don't know. It's plugged in the my computer. The cloud, I guess. The cl- which cloud? Uh, the Cumulus the, Nimbus. The Cirrus clouds. Are you a... Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gus. Well, All right, well I, think, uh, I think we've had quite enough. In the end, climate change is real. We're all going to die. Um, hopefully not before the Batman comes out, though. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs>